Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. I want to remind you that this is our last chosen women's spring and winter Bible study. We will have our brunch next week, and then we will start summer Bible study on May 31st. Hope you can join us. If you can't come for all six weeks, join us for what you can. It will be live stream, but it's not like being here. We will have small groups, which is an opportunity to connect and be super loved. We have some wonderful leaders, and I'm excited about that. Plus, I'm already getting texts from teachers. The teachers get to come, and I love that because guess what? We want to fill the Christian teachers up because they turn around and fill our children. And we have women in here like Miss Bonnie. Bonnie, how long did you teach? Thirty-six years in the whole public school system, and she's still teaching. But now she's she's uh, taking a step up and doing women. God help her. It's a lot harder. I was a school teacher. The children are easier. Um, so, because you just get to shape them earlier, and so I'm excited about that. All right, I am absolutely on fire for the promises of God, but we have to apprehend them. And so as usual, he changed my message, and I'm so happy about that because I'm going to talk to you today about double for your trouble because it's time. It's time. And after the Lord spoke that to me, he started all of a sudden, I started reading all of these prophetic words coming out saying the exact same thing. And so today, be ready. If you don't have pencil and paper, use your phone. But at the end, I'm going to have you write some things down or record some things in your phone. I mean, it still feels from my generation so odd to me to say, take out your phone or take out your iPad. But that's, you know, the young people. God bless you. I love you. So... But I want to start by saying this is not part, was not part of my message until this morning. But I'm super excited about it. I woke up, and you know when I wake up, the first thing I do is awaken my ear to hear as a disciple. And so the first thing I do is I just lay there and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. But there are times when I don't even wake up. I mean, in my sleep, I'll start hearing his voice, and he'll start speaking the word of God to me. And that's what happened this morning. And so this morning... This is something you're going to have to do. I started hearing Proverbs 18.21. Now, if I asked you what that said, many of you could just automatically quote it. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it shall eat its fruit, whether life or death. Now, I'm really big on words, and I love it when people correct me, because if I use my words in a way that is not life-producing, I want to be corrected. You know, because we all slip sometimes, right? I mean, we all say all of a sudden something that really is not what we meant. But the devil doesn't care what you mean. He couldn't care less what you mean. He is a legalist. And he will get you on small technicalities. I heard someone once say, well, I didn't put faith behind it. Well, your mouth speaks out of what? The overflow of the heart. 
And so when he said that to me this morning, death and life are in the power of the tongue, he said, I want you to use your tongue to speak life on any part of your body that is not producing well. Now, I didn't say reproducing because I'm obviously, I enjoy my grandchildren and I'm not Sarah. But he said, speak to any body part that is not producing life. And don't look at me because I'm young and, uh, yeah, well, you might as well start now. You might as well start now. I can't stand it, and I bet you can't either. If, if you've ever had a doctor, well, that's just a natural part of aging. Well, I don't want to live in the natural. I want to live in the supernatural. And so I knew immediately what he wanted me to do. He said, look up the Hebrew word power. And I was so surprised. I'm sure I've done that many times. But I couldn't remember. And I was so surprised to find out what that Hebrew word power is. It's the Hebrew word yad, Y-A-D. It means hand. It means hand. Death and life are in the power of the hand. Now, what does that mean? What did Jesus say to the man that had a withered hand? Stretch out your hand. How did he do that? He did it in faith. If you look up and you go to the primitive meaning, remember every Hebrew word has a primitive meaning or a root, and you go to that primitive word, the meaning, it means the authority of. Death and life are in the authority of your tongue. If you're not speaking it out, if you're not speaking out life, don't expect life to be produced. You cannot coast in the spirit realm, people. There's no coasting. You're either moving forward or you're going backwards. We don't neutral. We don't idle in the spirit realm. And so begin to use your, the authority of your tongue. Don't just, oh, I'm just getting old. No, I'm not. My youth is being renewed like the eagles. Well, then, Sandy, why do you have lines? I earn them. You know why I have lines? Because I have children. That's the reason. That's the only reason. It's not funny. It's true. So, the truth is, you need to be reproducing good things. What if you slip and what if you say something dumb? Retract it immediately. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I ask you to cause crop failure to those words. Get in line. Align yourself with the currency of heaven. The currency of heaven is life, 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 life. So, another thing that I thought was interesting, and the Lord brought this to my remembrance, was... See, I brought the real thing today. Glory to God. I love this book. And I brought the real thing today because I actually forgot to have typed out some things I wanted to share. So I thought, well, how about if I just bring a Bible? That would be something new. So when the children of Israel were hedged in, they had an Egyptian army that hated them and wanted to enslave them again behind them. They had mountains on both sides and they had the Red Sea in front of them. They had no place to escape. And the people cried out. They cried out. I mean, they were scared. And they started to complain. 
And they told Moses, why, why didn't you just let us stay in Egypt? It was better for us there than now. Can you imagine? They said it was better for us to be slaves than to be free. See, that's what's happened when the church took the red pen and edited the book. Took out of the Bible things that are for today. I just read something that I just, I hardly realized because thank God I've been out of churches that teach falsehood for so long. And I was reading how one pastor in a particular denomination told the people that Jesus did miracles for one reason, to prove his divinity. And so now we don't have them anymore because he already proved his divinity. Well, then take out Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same, today, yesterday, and forever. Or how the angel told the disciples, this same Jesus, this same Jesus. Or take out Revelation 19. His title is called the Word of God, and he wears a robe dyed by dipping in blood. And on his thigh is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Just take it out, okay? Rip out the pages if that's what you believe. Thank God. 30, Cindy, how many years ago was it? Well, 38 years for this church, but the, when I heard Rick Godwin for the first time, I think that was 40 years ago, don't you think? 39 years ago. And I was sitting in a, in a church, and his sister was there. And she said, you're going to love my brother. He's speaking today. And he got up and he preached a message called Dominion. And he went from Genesis to Revelation. I'm not exaggerating. And I just sat there and I went, I have to follow this guy. This guy with a lot of hair. <laughs> because I knew it was truth. Position yourself in truth. So, the people are complaining. And Moses said, look, fear not. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. And then in Exodus 14, he said, 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. And the Lord said, why do you cry out to me? Tell the people to go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand. Authority. And divide the sea. And that's what happened. You know it, right? So, that wasn't part of my message today. Now I'll start my message. Double for your trouble. This is a very popular scripture and one that you are probably hearing a lot. I know every time I turn around, I'm hearing it. But even prior to that, the Lord had been speaking to me very strongly. And it's Amos 9.13 in the message. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the hills of the other, you won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. Everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountain and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people. God, your God says so. Yeah. And if that doesn't excite you, you are asleep. Blessing upon blessing. I'm not going to be able to keep up. I know we are in those days. But you're not going to get it if you don't start saying what God says. If you don't start aligning yourself with the currency of heaven. 
You've got to stop saying what the news says and say what God says. You've got to align with life. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the currency of heaven. So in my life, if it doesn't align with righteousness, peace, the peace that comes from being whole, shalom, in the Greek it's irene, and joy in the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to use that. You know, I lived in Germany for a couple of years. But when I came back here, I could not use the Deutschmark to buy anything. Or how about, have you ever gone to the counter? Maybe you had a, a visit in Mexico, and you accidentally pulled out pesos, and you threw them on the counter. Would they take those? No. Why? It's not American currency. You can't use the currency of another commonwealth in this nation. And you can't use the currency of the world, fear, doubt, unbelief, as a citizen of heaven to access the things of heaven. That's all there is to it. The word says, let the weak say, I am strong. What does the poor say? I am rich. What do the sick say? I am healed by the wounds. Not, oh, you know, I have people go, oh, the doctor said. Well, that's what he said. They're practicing medicine. Praise the Lord for doctors. I'm grateful for them. They're just giving you the facts. And, hey, facts can kill you. I'm not denying that. But there is a higher authority. Jesus said, my word is truth. John 17, 17. So it won't be long now. I told you a few weeks ago, I woke up and the Lord said to me, the battle is over, enter into my rest. Well, what is that? Hebrews 3.15. Then while it is still called today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, while it's called today, if you would hear his voice and when you hear it, don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And to whom did he swear they would not enter his rest? But to those who disobeyed, who did not listen to his word and who refused to be compliant or be persuaded. So we see that they were not able to enter into his rest because of their unwillingness. Listen to these words. They refused to be compliant. They refused to be persuaded. They were unwilling to trust in and rely on God in unbelief that shut them out. Guess whose fault that is? Ours. Don't blame God for the choices you make. Hebrews 4, 2 and 3. Indeed, we have had the glad tidings proclaimed to us. Rick always says, if it's not good news, it's not the gospel. Just as truly as the Israelites of old did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. With the leaning of the entire personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, by those who heard it, and neither were they united in faith with the ones, Joshua and Caleb, who did believe. For we who have believed do enter that rest. We who believe. When? Today. While it is still called today. They shall not, he swore in his wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And this he said, although his works had been completed and prepared and waiting for all who 
would believe from the foundation of the world. So it's waiting. It's waiting for those who believe. So do not say things have changed. Oh, my goodness, we're in inflation. We're, I mean, one day you hear we're in inflation. The next day you hear we're in recession. I don't know what we're in. I'll tell you what we're in. We're in the kingdom of God. Amen. We're in a higher authority, a higher realm. And it's high time we walk in that capacity. Amen. Every time Rick leads us in confessions of the word, I'm texting him. Rick, send those to me. Rick, send those to me. Why? You can't just hear it one time and think, okay, done that, check. We live in a checklist. That's not kingdom thinking. That's not the currency of heaven. Today, today when you hear his voice, every day is a new day. It's the power of now. Hebrews 4.12, I've quoted this very many times. I love it. The word that God speaks is alive, it's full of power, active, operative, energizing, effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrates to the dividing line of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is able to expose and sift and analyze and judge the very thoughts and purposes of your heart. And if you are smart, you will say to the Lord, judge me, Lord. You know that word is criticos. Let your word be my critic, Lord. See if there be any hurtful way in me, Lord. Let your word discern my motives. I've said that to the Lord almost every day as long as I can remember. Every motive of my heart, Lord, I want your word to expose it until every motive of my heart is born of one thing, and that is love, the royal law, the law of liberty. Oh, but Sandy, I, you know, I'm just a liar because I just don't feel it. Feelings have nothing to do with it. We walk by faith, not by feelings. Your feelings will trick you every time. I mean, they just will. Years and years and years ago, I gave Pam's mother, Jean English. I mean, I think she's, there's only two people I can ever think of in my life that intimidated me. I know Pam's all sweet, but honey, her mother was nice. But she, Pam takes after her daddy. But her mother was, I mean, she made me look like unseasoned vegetable broth. And then the other one was Rick Godwin's father. I mean, he was this big, tall man. And he, how old was he when he died? 101? 101. And I'll never forget. Do you remember this? He came to my old house. And he stood in my, in my living room. And he looked down at me. And I mean, he was, you know, and I was like this. And he called me young lady. And I mean, it just, it scared me. <laughs> Those are the only two people I can ever think of that intimidated me. But I gave Pam's mother a Bible when she got born again. And she came to me one day, and she stood at the pulpit. And she said, Sandy, you know that Bible you gave me? Yes, ma'am. It talks to me. <laughs> and I, I remember, and I said, Jean, I know. Does she, she put her finger in my face. She said, no, you don't understand. It talks to me. I just said, yes, ma'am. Because <laughs> you couldn't argue with her. So the word is alive. Let it talk to you. So I'm going to tell you a testimony. I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you in more detail now. Many, 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 many years ago, 1983. That was many years ago, I think. How many years ago was that? How many? 
38 years ago, 1983. No, that's 39 years ago, 39 years ago. And my husband went to an encampment called Glorietta in New Mexico. And uh, he really sought the Lord. He was at a retreat. And he really, really sought the Lord. And I've told you before, there was this phenomenal ex-missionary named Bertha Smith. She died at 99, just short of 100. She was a powerful, powerful woman of God. She was part of a revival in China called the Shantung Revival, where the communists would come in at the back of the church with machine guns and try to shoot them. And there was literally, I mean, I personally was discipled by Charles and, and Ola Culpepper. Again, this was in the early 80s. And they were part of that revival. And I sat under their mentorship for a few years. Now, I would like to tell you they were very old, but at the time they were my age. But you know, when you're a 20-something-year-old or early 30s, that seemed old. And, but don't you ever tell me I'm old. Because I will be young until the day I die at a very old age. And so... I remember hearing the testimonies. I mean, they would come in and they would try to shoot them and there was a force field. They, they, they couldn't touch them. And you might remember my story that Mrs. Culpepper was going blind. She had a disease of the optic nerve and they said, there's nothing we can do. You're, you're going to be blind. And all the missionaries decided, no, 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 we're going to fast and pray. We're going to lay hands on you. You know, one way you, of healing is the transference of the anointing through the laying on of hands. The apostle Mark said, through Jesus Christ, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So when you have hands laid on you, you should mark that down. This is my point of contact on this day. And from this day forward, I am in recovery. You see, you've got to act on the word. And so they all fasted and they prayed and, and then they lined up. And Mrs. Culpepper was, you know, sitting down and she took her glasses off. She put them on the mantle. One by one, each missionary came up and laid hands on her and prayed. And then Miss Bertha got there. And the Holy Spirit said, stop. You've offended. It's one of the missionaries. You go and ask their forgiveness. Now, I don't know about you, but wouldn't that be easy to brush off and just say, oh, Lord, they'll get over it. Oh, Lord, this, Lord in all due respect, this is not good timing. <laughs> But she didn't do that. She turned around and went to that missionary and she said, the Lord has shown me that I've hurt you and I want to ask you to forgive me. And so she did it. And then the Holy Spirit said, now you can pray. She went and she laid hands on Miss Bertha, last one, I mean, uh, Miss Culpepper, and she prayed. And from that moment on, she was healed. And she never took those glasses again. Until, you know, at some point, you might need reading glasses. You might, you might not. Moses never needed them. He didn't have Lasix or whatever it's called. But at 120, his eyesight was not dimmed. Maybe I need to believe like Moses. So back to Glorietta. And so the, the, Randy was seeking the Lord for direction. I mean, he, was, he had worked for the big, I think at the time it was big eight accounting firms. He's a CPA. And he, so he'd worked for them. And then he went and, uh, oh, he, he worked for Jim. He worked for a furniture company for a while until the company got burnt, uh, bought out. 
And then he went to work and was the comptroller for Seiko Watches. But more and more people were coming to him and saying, will you do my tax return? Will you do my tax return? And, and so on the side, he was doing people's tax returns. And he, he would come to me and he said, Sandy, I just think the Holy Spirit's telling me to start my own business. And I thought, great. We'll be broke. But whatever the Holy Spirit tells you. Because great woman of faith. So he went, he sought the Lord. And he came home and he said, Sandy, the Lord has given me the first half of Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, opening of the prison and of the eyes to those who are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor, and the day of vengeance of our God. And it goes on. Now, do not ask me how the Lord told him to start his own business through these scriptures, except the word talked to him. Exactly. And it'll talk to you too, if you let him. Because Jesus is the word. You realize that every time you see Lord or Jesus, you can say word. And every time you see word, you can say Jesus. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And because he has a title by which he's called, his name is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He is the Word. Jesus and the Word are the same. They're one. And so the Word talked to him. And I just got in agreement with him. And I said, okay, we're just going to believe God. And I can tell you right now, we are tithers and givers, and we have never missed a bill. We have no debt, none, zero. When we make a big purchase, it is debt-free. We do not borrow money. We'll not consider borrowing money because we don't have to borrow money. When you get into obedience to the Word, the Word will honor you today if you hear His voice. Now, I'm not telling you, don't get a mortgage. Hey, don't leave here and say, Sandy said, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, this is how the Lord led us. That's what I'm saying. It's my story, may not be yours. And that's fine. You're blessed. But I want to be blessed going out and coming in. My storehouse is full, plenty for me and plenty for others. Rejoice in the Lord, share with your brothers. And then for, for some years... My, here's what we did. My husband would just pay extra on the, what's it called, the principal? And it was, it was just an act of faith. We're just going to pay extra on the principal every month as a seed. And that was after our tithe. As a seed to, to debt freedom. And I've told you the story. I'm not going to tell it again. But I heard the Lord one day say, I want you to, to get out of debt, be debt free. And I just began to call my home paid. And within three months, we were totally out of debt. Don't, don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me, but I don't know where it's going to come from. Well, neither did I. But I have the currency of heaven. My words. And faith in the word. It's the currency of heaven. I'm telling you, you can just rise above it and get violent. The violent take the kingdom by force. So, then my part came in. And I've told this many times. 
how I was pregnant with our third child. I had Kelly and Katie, and I had a flat. This is before we had car phones. Some of you might remember a car phone where you had this big old thing in the middle of your thing, your seat. Console, thank you. <laughs> and you paid. I mean, once you got it, you just paid a fortune. And so I had a flat. I didn't have a car phone. And I was on a desert road. And so I had my little girls, and I'm walking home. And all of a sudden, Randy pulls up. He said, you need a ride. And he'd gone for a physical, and they found a tumor in his throat. And the Holy Spirit had spoken to him. And he, he, the Lord told him, I'm going to heal you by my word. Now, don't you do that if God doesn't tell you. Don't you dare. But he had a revelation, rhema word from the Lord. And so he, the Lord gave him his scriptures. He hard copied his, well, I don't, I guess we had computers. But in those days, you typed them and I don't know, I don't remember. You know, it was one of those IBM Selectric. He still has that, sadly. But anyway, so... Hey, he still has them, pages of, of healing scriptures, and every day he would just take them like medicine. But you know, I mean, I'm pregnant with our third child. I'm 30 years old. I have a 5-year-old and a 7-year-old. But the first thing he said when I got in the car, because both of his parents died from cancer, he looked at me and he said, the curse that was on my parents is not coming on me. He made that declaration. And I'm telling you, I had to fight a lot of fear. Listen, nobody's ever telling you you're not going to have fear, people. But I prayed for three months on my knees, and I sought the Lord, and I sought his voice. And one day, all right, here's the message. I'm starting the message. <laughs> Isaiah 61, 6 and 7 came to me, the second half of Isaiah 61. But you shall be called the priest of the Lord, and people will speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you will boast. Now, let me tell you something. When I read that, I knew immediately my husband would live and not die. Because he said, you will be called the priest, plural of the Lord. Ministers, plural of our God. The word talked to me. And I knew, and he was. He was divinely healed. He was checked. It's gone. Supernaturally. Don't you dare do that, I'm telling you again. I'm just telling you how the Lord ministered to us. He may have a totally different direction for you, and it's fine. Perfectly fine. Just obey his voice. Today, when you hear his voice. Not if, when. Just listen. And so, then the second part came. Instead of your former shame, you will have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, you will rejoice in your portion. In your land, you will possess double what you forfeited. Everlasting joy will be yours. Double, double, double what you forfeited. And I began to proclaim because we had forfeited a lot. And I took this book. I took this book and I did a vision book. And I put these, you know, these little things. I did this years ago. Marriage, children, home, family, finances, safety, old age, ministry, after Courtney is married. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's not always easy to empty the nest. 
I mean, it, you know, there's just a little, there's a little ting to it. It's a, it's a whole chapter in your book that's over. And I honestly thought, well, I mean, I, my youngest is lots of years between my first two. I thought I'd have lots of time. You know, and that little kid gets married when she's 20. And now all my children now, Kelly's been married over 20 years, Case and Katie, 20 years, Corny and Tony, I don't know, what is it, 17, going on 17 years? And it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful because I've got grandchildren. And they're, they are double, double for your trouble. I have three daughters and 10 grandchildren. That's triple. I got triple. Zechariah 9.12, you, 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 I'm going to read to you from the Wycliffe, okay? So this is the King's English. Don't miss the message. Ye bound of hope, be turned again to the stronghold, and today I tell, and I shall yield to thee double things. Ye prisoners of hope, return to the stronghold or to the fortress, for today I declare I shall give thee double for all thy trouble. Now, let me read it to you in today's. As for you, because of and for the sake of the covenant of the Lord with his people, which was sealed with sprinkled covenant blood, I have released and sent forth your imprisoned people out of the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold of security and prosperity, you prisoners of hope, even today. When? Today. When? Today. today. Do I declare that I will restore double your former prosperity to you. Double for your trouble. Whatever trouble you have, God is saying today, I'm going to give you double. But will you take it or will you harden your heart? What has a stronghold on you? Do you have hope or despair? Hope or discouragement? Hope or emotional damage? Because he says, I'm going to call you a prisoner of hope. Not a prisoner of despair and no hope and disillusionment. Can I tell you something? I mean, if you've been through a hard time lately, I just want you to look, look at me. God is not disillusioned with you. You know why? Because he never had an illusion in the first place. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. You are unblemished, holy, faultless, and beyond reproach. He has no illusion about you. So stop it. Stop beating yourself up. And that's for somebody in particular. What, what would be said? You don't understand. I caused this. I have good news for you. Hosea 2, 14 and 15. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness, and I will speak kindly to her heart. And I will give her vineyards and make the valley of trouble to be for her a door of hope. An expectation. And she shall sing there and respond as in the days of her youth when she came out of Egypt. Did you know your door of trouble becomes your door of opportunity in the Lord? Hallelujah. You know why? Because God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Your place of pain becomes your place of gain. Thank the Lord. You know, I don't like some of the things that I've been through, but I'll tell you right now, and I wouldn't want them again, but I can tell you for sure they gave me a stronger core. They gave me a strong spiritual core. 
I always tell my son-in-law, who is a multiple times Iron Man, you might be an Iron Man in the physical realm, but I am an Iron Man in the spiritual realm. And that makes me trump you. You should spend twice as much time, all of us, on our spiritual development as we do on our physical development or on our, even our soul. God's promising double. And he has said through multiple prophetic voices, including Lana, I know everybody loves Lana, that May is miracle May. Today is May 3rd, and I'm starting every day. Lord, thank you. This is miracle May, and I receive miracles this month. And you ought to do it too. Don't think you can sit there. Take your position. Stand strong. Lift up your rod. Lift up, stretch out your hand and use your words and speak life. Remember Job? How many of you remember Job? Remember that nasty devil goes to God and says, and God, you know, God eggs him on. He goes, remember my servant? Look at my servant Job. He fears me, he loves me. Oh, well, does Job fear you for nothing? Look, you've blessed him. You put a hedge around him. His goods, his children, everything's blessed. But you touch, touch him, and he'll curse you. And the Lord said, all right, but don't touch him. And then we say these bad things come from God. No, they don't. They come from the devil. And so here a tornado or something comes and destroys everything, and all the children get killed. And then Job's wife, don't be, a, don't be Job's wife. Job's wife says, curse God and die to Job. And Job wouldn't do it. And then the devil comes back to God. And God said, you see my servant Job? You incited me for no legal reason. And look at him. He refused to speak evil against me. And Job goes, yeah, skin for skin. But you touch his body, he'll curse you to your face. And God said, all right, but don't take his life. And from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, he was struck with boils. And then comes Job's frenemies. You know the story. And they analyze God, and they, and they tell Job what a sinner he is and why all these bad things happen to him. And shame on you, Job. I don't want friends like that. I surround myself with faith, hope, and love. People who believe God and believe his word. People have a confident expectation that if I get down, and sometimes I do, they lift me up. They don't go, oh, Sandy, Sandy, you shouldn't feel that way, you bad person. You know better than that. Shame on you. Who wants a friend like that? That's Job's friends. Oh, what sin have you committed? I just heard of someone had a horrible tragedy a year ago this week. And I'm, I'm not going to go through what it was. But I had firsthand heard this. Well, it was secondhand, but it was firsthand. And literally, people went to the person, and they were Job's friends after a horrible, tragic death of someone that they loved and tried to blame it on the person. It was an accident. Don't you, be, don't you ever do that. Don't you put yourself around people who talk that well. Slap your face. And so, come to the end of Job. Because, I mean, even Job tries to analyze God, and God says, well, let me ask you a question. Where were you 
when I laid the foundation of the earth. So we get to Job 42, and Job said to the Lord, I know that you can do all things and that no thought or purpose of yours can be restrained or thwarted. You see, he acknowledged God's purpose and power. Lord, you said to me, who is this that darkens and obscures counsel by words without knowledge? And then he repents. He said, I see now. I've rashly uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I didn't know. I said to you what you said to me. Here I beseech you and I will speak. Lord, I will demand of you, Lord, and you declare to me. I've heard of you with the hearing of my ears, but Lord, now my eyes see you, and therefore I loathe my words and I repent in dust and ashes. And after the Lord had spoken the previous words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against you and your friends because you haven't spoken right about me like my servant Job. I want to tell you something. When I get this, I, it sends chills down my spine. Can you imagine God saying to you, my wrath is kindled against you because you've spoken wrongly of me? You better watch what you say about the Lord. All these people that blame, oh, it was an act of God. Thousands of people were killed. That's not an act of God. It's an act of the devil. Act of God. Oh, Mother Nature. Who's Mother Nature? I think she's got a little wreath around her head. and There, there is no Mother Nature. Okay. So. Now, therefore, take seven bullocks, seven rams, and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job will pray for you because I'm going to accept his prayer that I deal not with you after your folly and that you've not spoken of me the thing that is right as Job has. And so they went, they did what he said, and Job prayed for them. And then everybody comes to, to Job. And all of a sudden, he's very popular again. And verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortunes when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Double. And he named all the double. But you know what? He gave him back as many children as he had before. But he didn't give him double. Why do you think that is? Because he had the children in heaven. And don't you ever say... And Vita, you know this. When you have children in heaven and people ask you how many children you have, Vita, you have three children. I've had mothers who are bereaved come to me and go, I don't know what to say when people ask me how many children I have. I had four, and now I have three. I said, no, 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 you have four. Yeah. Hebrews 12 says, you've come to the spirits of the righteous made perfect in heaven. They are more alive than we are. Glory to God. He got double and he died an old man and full of days. And he lived 140 years and saw his sons and his son's sons to four generations. That's probably more than you and I are going to see. And you know what? As horrible as his story was in the beginning, you realize it lasted less than a year. Thanks be to God. God knows. I woke up on April 28th of this year. And the Lord spoke these words to me, let only my word matter. Today I have recommissioned you with Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Do not veer from these orders. They will both protect and provide for you. 
my word, your first place and final authority. And Colossians 3, 16 and 17 was the very, one of the very first scriptures the Lord ever gave me as a very young Christian. And it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing and training one another. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and make melody to God with his grace in your hearts and whatever you do, no matter what it is in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I have recommissioned you. Commission is a formal written warrant granting the power to perform various acts or duties. God is recommissioning his people. Demand payback. He said, I will repay you for what the locusts have eaten. I'm going to read you a few scriptures, and then we're going to close, and I'm going to pray for you. In Exodus 22, I just love this so much, with, starting with verse 1. If a man steals an ox or sheep and kills or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for every ox and four sheep for a sheep. That's more than double, by the way. If a thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood shed for him. But if the sun rises so he can be seen, blood must be shed for slaying him. The thief, if he lives, must make full restitution. If he has nothing, he shall be sold for his theft. If the beast which he stole is found in his possession alive, whether an ox, an ass, or a sheep, he shall restore double. If a man causes a field or vineyard to be grazed over or lets his beast loose and it feeds in another man's field, he will make restitution of the, the best of his own field. If fire breaks out and catches so that the stacked grain or standing grain on the field he be consumed, he who kindled the fire shall make full restitution. Verse 9 is what I love. For every unlawful deed, whether it concerns an ox, a donkey, a sheep, your clothes, or any lost thing at all, which another identifies as his, the cause of both parties shall come before God. Whoever they shall condemn shall pay his neighbor double. If you are responsible for the loss of somebody else, as far as it depends on you, you repay them double. And I'm not going to go into the story of, of people who had come to my home, it happened a couple of times, and broke things that I had saved in those days. To, and they offered nothing. And yet the story of, Cindy, if I get this story wrong, just give me grace. But I think you were loaned a lake house and Rick broke the door. Is that correct? And he put back a better door. He didn't call and say, I'm so sorry I broke your door. I hope you could. Do you have insurance? No, he replaced that door better than the door they had before. Some of you need to make restitution for harm you've caused. I don't know how that's up to the Lord. That's between you and him. There are times I've heard my husband who did no wrong, but go to someone who was offended and say, you tell me what it will take to make you whole and I'll do it. Because we need to leave people whole and not broken. Whole and not broken. Proverbs 6, 30 and 31 says, when the thief is caught, how much? He repays what? Seven times. Jeremiah 17, 18, let those put, be put to shame who persecute me, persecute me, but let not me be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but let me not be dismayed. Bring on them the day of evil and destroy them with double destruction. 
Turn it on the enemy. Destroy my enemies, Lord, not people. Not people. But you have an enemy, and he has demons that have come to do what? John 10, 10, steal, kill, and destroy. You know, the currency of heaven is abundance. I have come that they may have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. I don't know what your losses are today, but I do know something. I want you to take a paper and pen or take your phone, whatever you're comfortable doing. And I want you, while I read to you, I'm going to read to you a, a prophetic word. And while I read it to you, I, at least I think I'm going to read it to you. Yeah, I found it. Yeah. I want you to list things that you need the double for. Finances, lost or stolen health issues, medical bills. Maybe it's wayward children or children that are somehow in great need. Broken relationships. Maybe it's a soundness of mind. What are your losses? God says, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. Double what you forfeited. You know what I did when he gave me this scripture? I wrote down, I mean, because we had been defrauded by some family members. I mean, just various things. I wrote down every single loss. I could stand up here for an hour and tell you stories. Don't have time, but I could. I wrote down every single loss. And then I added it up and got the double, which was in the millions. And I decreed, Lord, I receive double this amount plus accrued interest accumulated at market value over this many years. And I'm starting to see it come in. It's been years, but I'm seeing it. Double. But if you don't use your mouth, death and life are in the power of your tongue. If you don't use your mouth, that's your authority. Stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. Use your faith. Put it in your heart. Speak it out of your mouth. Receive your double. And we're going to pray over that, whatever your list is. And I encourage you, begin to decree every day. I mean, I'm an avid walker. I walk, I walk, I walk. I'm like Forrest Gump. He ran, I walk. And I'll just be walking along. Oh, Lord, I just thank you that we are called the priest of the Lord to this day. I do this. We are spoken of as ministers of our God. We eat the wealth of the nations, and in their riches we boast. Instead of shame, we have a double portion. Instead of humiliation, we shout for joy over our portion. Therefore, we will possess this amount. Well, we forfeited, accumulated at market value with interest. Now, you might think, wow. And I mean, we're all saying, oh, my goodness, it's amazing how much gas is in the grocery store. But the, the things I paid $4 for, now I'm paying $8 for. We all are. Well, you know why I'm excited about that? Because for 38 years, I've been saying market value. And I'm so excited. God waited. Whoop, there it is. God's love is great, massive and explosive, a powerful weapon by Russ Walden. Promotion and upgrade are coming to you this day, says the Father, bringing you into unprecedented blessing and favor. I am giving you double for your trouble. 
Now, I got this after the Lord gave me this message. I'm coming to you. My reward is with me. What you have lost, you will receive a recompense. What you have endured, you will receive restoration. What was dwindled shall be increased. You are not moved by what you can see or what you might feel or sense happening around you. Those may be facts, but facts and circumstances are subject to change. But my word never changes. Do not be moved by timing. Stand firm in faith. Believe what I promised. I am able to perform. It's time to stop complaining and start reigning in life through Christ Jesus. My love is greater weapon than any force that man can deploy against you, says the Father. My love is more massive than any army, more powerful than any explosive in this day. My love is deployed against every enemy of your blessing. Know that you are blessed of your Father in heaven. Nothing will overthrow what I have said about you. Come into cooperation with my promises. Be willing to see yourself in my eyes and not through the eyes of others or what circumstances seem to say about you. The mirror that portrays who you really are is the mirror of my my word and not the mirror you look in every morning. I will I call upon you to look into the law of liberty of my love and realize that I have extended to you allowances and concessions of liberty and favor to bring you into the very depths and heart of my perfect plan for your life. Adapt your self-perception this day to a God inside minded mentality, says the Father. Nestle down in the green pastures, drink from the still waters of my peace. And as I pass over you and cast the cloak of my protection over you, even as Boaz cast his mantle over Ruth, I am your kinsman redeemer. I choose you. I am redeeming you this day, says God, from all the expectations of the enemy. Receive my blessing. Receive the fullness of my favor. It is bestowed upon you this day by my hand. Now stand up, lay your hands on whatever you wrote on your, your device or your tablet, and let's proclaim out loud, double for your trouble. In the name of Jesus, according to your word, Lord, we go right through the valley of trouble, and we enter the door of hope, and we receive double, double what we forfeited, Lord. You promised it, Lord. We step out of the prison of despair, disillusionment, discouragement, and depression, and we step into your mirror, the mirror of your word. We step into the valley of hope, Lord, and we proclaim over everything we wrote down, double whether it's a child, whether it's money, whether it's health, whatever it is, double for our trouble with interest accumulated at market value over how many years we have stood for. And we say, because it is finished, heaven's already come to earth. The veil has been rent from top to bottom. The angelic ladder is busy, so angels, get ready and bring us our double. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. If you have sickness in your body, I want you to remain standing. The rest of you sit. I'm just going to pray over you from up here. There's all kinds of ways to receive healing. There's the laying on of hands. We've done that a lot. There's the anointing with oil. There's the prayer of faith. My favorite is he sent his word and healed you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that you sent your word and healed these precious ones. These women are delivered from the pit and from destruction. I ask you, Lord, to send angels to the storehouse of heaven and give them body parts that they need. 
New knees, new minds, new vital organs, livers, lungs, kidneys, joints, hearts, brains, digestive systems, reproductive organs, glands, breasts, every part, spines, nervous systems, nerves. I say all damage is reversed by the power of God. Mental illnesses reversed. Soundness of mind. I speak to bones. Bones. Be restored. Be stronger than you've ever been before. I say no more breaking in the name of Jesus. Hearts beat right. Colons function properly. Okay, this is too much information. But I'm just seeing, I'm seeing hemorrhoids dissolve in Jesus' name. I know they're painful. Dissolve. Cartilages be restored in the name, the name, the name, the name. Age-related degeneration. Be renewed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Every sickness not even written in the book of the law. Be healed in Jesus' name. Every single thing born of the curse. Be reversed by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus heal you. Eyes be restored in Jesus' name. I call you into alignment. Ears hear, open. Ephatha in Jesus' name. To those who have lost their smell, be healed. Smell return in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Depression. Arise and shine from the prostration and depression in which circumstances have kept you. Arise and be radiant with the glory of the Lord. No more depression. I call you redeemed. You are redeemed of the Lord. You are redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Glory to God. I say the next doctor's report will confirm what God has said. Wholeness. Be restored to wholeness in the name of Jesus. I want you to sit down. Those that need restoration in their children, stand up. In your children. This is for your children. (laughs) we'll, We'll include grandchildren in that. Father, your word says children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And every good and perfect gift is from above. And therefore, we call our children perfect. Perfect. Where there is imperfection. I speak to the diagnoses of ADD, ADHD, and all the rest of personality disorders. I don't know all the names, God, but you do. Personality defiance disorder. 
every form. Dyslexia. Anything that would keep them from learning with bright and sound minds like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were ten times wiser than the children in the courts of the world. I say reversal to every condition that defines the word of God. Mothers, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice for your children. Fight for your children in the name of Jesus. Call them healed. Call them whole. Call them restored. Restore our children and grandchildren. I say every diagnosis not in line with the word of God. Every single diagnosis be reversed. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're good. The same Jesus, Lord. Thank you that you are proving. You're proving your word, Lord, because you're watching over it to perform it. Okay, sit down. I want to pray over minds, foggy brains, brain fog. That's what I'm hearing, brain fog, uh, the, the ability to, oh, I keep forgetting things. I can't remember. If that's you, stand up. In the name of Jesus, every condition causing Brain fog, be reversed. Be reversed. Any chemical that you've ingested, whether it's prescription drugs or whatever, toxins in the air, whatever it is, healing for that, Lord. Cleanse the body, Father. Cleanse their minds. Anything that has crossed the blood-brain barrier. <laughs> cross over, get out in Jesus' name. For the Lord has given us power, love, and a sound mind, and I decree a sound, clear mind on those standing in the name of Jesus. Say it so. Amen. You say it so. Okay, sit down. One more thing. What is that one more thing, Lord? If, you're, if you are struggling with any form of the D-bombs, depression, discouragement, disillusionment, despair, doubt, it's okay. Holy Spirit is here. Stand up. It's okay. You know, when you come to the light, guess what the light does? It overpowers the darkness. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, Lord, this is what I'm hearing the Lord say. I'm sending angels to dismantle every D-bomb set by a demon. We bind you in the name of Jesus. And I declare a door of hope open for you this day in the name of Jesus.
Now give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.